You're listening to The Dish, a podcast of the Medical Laboratory Professionals Association of Ontario. This season, we're focusing on how labs have responded to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some have rapidly ramped up testing and are wrestling with incredible workloads, while others are completing other testing, compensating for those who are redeployed elsewhere. This month, we're featuring the Hamilton Regional Laboratory Medicine Program, HRLMP. Although physically separated by site, the MLTs and MLAs in the Virology Laboratory and the MLAs in the St. Joseph's Hospital and Hamilton General Hospital Core Laboratories worked together to process and analyze approximately 1,200 COVID-19 samples per day from hospitals, external assessment centers, and overflow work from Public Health Ontario laboratories. Their lab developed and implemented Made in Hamilton COVID-19 PCR and respiratory assays and shared their technical expertise with other laboratories across Ontario. Over Zoom, our CEO, Michelle Hode, spoke with Paula Costa, an MLA in the Virology Lab at St. Joseph's, Candy Rutherford, an MLT who's a technical specialist in the Virology Lab at St. Joseph's, and Katerina Hines, an MLA in the Core Lab at Hamilton General Hospital over the last 10 months fighting COVID-19. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Uh, today, we are very fortunate to be talking to a group, actually, that is right around the corner from where I live. So um, a little warm place for me um, and dear, near and dear to my heart because these are actual medical lab professionals that work in two of the healthcare centers that service the community I live in. So super cool. I'm just going to start really briefly. Can you guys introduce yourself? Um, Tell us what your main roles and duties are where you are. So why don't we start with you, Paula? Um, my name is Paula Costa, and I work in the virology lab at St. Joe's. Um, our main duties um, receive, set up, prepare all the samples for COVID, plus whatever else we have to, uh, whatever else we receive in the lab, um, run them. I don't know what else. I guess that's about it. Great. Okay, Candy. Uh, I'm the technical specialist for molecular micro and virology here at St. Joe's. I'm actually an HHS person. Um, I came over here in around 2000. So my main thing is to uh, develop and validate new assays. Almost everything we do at HRLMP is a lab developed test. So uh, COVID was yet another in a long list of tests that we've developed here for our lab. Great, and Katrina. My name is Katrina Hines. I'm a lab assistant at the core lab at the General Hospital here in Hamilton, uh, which also incorporates the Laboratory Reference Center where we have over 150 different clients across the country and we are responsible for receiving uh, samples of all sorts, including COVID and registering them into the system, preparing them for testing and sending them out to where they need to go. So Katrina, can you just clarify that? Because that's a really mm. good, interesting thing you said. When you say you have 150 clients, just for mm. the everyday person, when you're referring to clients, who are you talking about? Um, other laboratories across the country and uh, clinics and hospitals. Great. Great. Yeah. Because sometimes people get confused and they think it's the everyday person, but you guys actually right. work with 100 and other 50 labs in the, in the mm. province, which is really exciting. Awesome. That's correct. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to just put this out to the group. So can you guys tell us a little bit about some of the first days of scaling up when COVID started? 
what were some of your thoughts and concerns right at the beginning? So if we think back, like we're thinking back to February, March, what was it like at that time in the lab? Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we went live with uh, the COVID test on March the 16th. And the operation, operate, you know, operating details of that whole thing were difficult. Mostly it was the biosafety we were concerned about because we really didn't want to get any of our people sick. So um, we had to think a lot about that and how we were going to proceed with that. Because of course, the, it's a risk group three pathogen. So um, lots of care and attention to detail there. But we worked, um, there's four of us for sure who were in here from the beginning of February to the end of May, pretty much every day. Wow. What about you, got you ladies, like even uh, from a lab assistant perspective, what did it look like early days? Mayhem. <laughs> Good word. <laughs> it was, um, it was hard to know what was going on in the very beginning because the the information that we got would change uh, not just day to day sometimes it would be morning to afternoon and um, trying to keep up to date with uh, the new processes and uh, you know just how this virus was being transmitted even like between sites and between people and and introducing masks, which we had never had to wear before. And it was, uh, it was just all a lot of information in the beginning, I think, to uh, take in. And the fact that it changed so frequently and still continues to change day to day is, uh, it's a learning curve for sure. Okay, great. And Paula, did you want to add anything? Um, it was, it was really difficult in the beginning because it, uh, it, you just didn't know where this was leading and, and how long it was going to be around. And we still don't know that, but um, it, you just, you were in the dark a lot of it. And, and when Katrina said things change from, from after morning to afternoon and, and minute to minute, it's, it's so true because one thing would, would change and then you'd have to do this another way. And then you'd have to get all that information out to all your staff, which was quite difficult. I mean, it was it was really really hard and it's not much easier now because the have gone up so okay yeah it was uh i think when i remember in the very beginning um i think at that time the first target from the government they had set was a thousand tests it was the first number that premier ford had mentioned and i remember back in february march because the media had started calling and just talking to with a whole bunch of people everybody was saying a thousand like how are you going to get to a thousand so the fact that we're at sixty-eight thousand yesterday mm. uh, speaks to some of the work you guys did but specifically and it's interesting because the next question i'm actually going to just share with a story i heard so um at the beginning uh, when things kind of started to get rolling and all the labs kind of came on board i had heard about a lady called candy who worked in hamilton <laughs> And um, I remember them saying, and I remember being on CHCH in the morning and talking about how great you guys were. And when I was on the set at CHCH, I actually told them about Candy. And um, they had said they were really intrigued on potentially doing a follow-up story. So I'm just gonna tell you. So Candy, the fact that we're in this interview is exciting for me because 
um, because, you know, some of the accolades I think that came out of your lab was your group had developed and implemented, you know, a lab developed made in Hamilton COVID PCR assay and a respiratory assay with COVID. So tell us a little bit about this process, like how it happened, and then how was it rolled out to the rest of the groups that you helped train? Well, the respiratory assay began in 2009, um, just in time for the old swine piggy flu there. Um, so that was a handy thing. It has been modified over the years and um, ultimately it tests for 10 different viruses. Uh, of course, this year we had to add COVID into it, but the, we'd already rolled out the respiratory part of it to a couple of other labs who seemed to be pretty happy with it. And uh, so I'm just going to roll out the, the COVID part of it to them um, pretty shortly here, next couple of days, I hope. And uh, they, it was pretty, pretty well received. Um, everybody seems to like it. Um, I met some really great people at the other labs, people who are really bright and energetic and interested and lots of fun. And um, all in all, it was a really rewarding experience to be able to uh, have this little collaboration with um, all of these other labs. So I hope it worked as well for them as, as it felt like it worked for us. Um, the actual COVID assay that we're using right now was really developed in the St. Joe's Research Lab by Dr. David Bueller. And uh, I just had to take what he had and convert it from the kind of instrumentation that they run it on to our instrumentation. So BDMAX and Rotogene, as opposed to the CFX, which is what they run. So that was fun and involved a, an assortment of little experiments and all sorts of uh, things like limited detection and uh, sensitivity, specificity, that kind of thing. So we have a really good working relationship with the research lab here at St. Joe's. And uh, I've shared the respiratory assay with them. They shared the COVID assay with me. So it works out really well. That's great. So, um... I think I think I want to just ask the lab assistants and technicians kind of their perspective. So one of the things right now that we're so challenged with, and I think you guys probably hear this every day, is understanding the difference between what an assistant is doing and what a technologist is doing. And I think there is never enough um, kudos given to both groups because they add so much value and the success of any test is when both people are doing their job really well. So um, from a lab assistant technician perspective, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what did, what was COVID like from your perspective? And, um, you know, what, what were some of the things that changed in your world that, that made, you know, where you are so successful right now? Maybe we'll start with Katrina. Oh, certainly. Um, so from the Laboratory Reference Center perspective, we have a, a different system of registering our patients into our, com our computer system for reporting uh, where it doesn't actually attach to a medical record that's existing or create a medical record uh, for new patients. It, um, it only generates reports for our different clients, the hospitals that we're servicing. 
And um, with the COVID-19 pandemic, we needed to learn a different process of registering our patients in, so that the results would go directly to OLIS and they would be available immediately from uh, when they were being resulted in virology. So it was another learning curve for us lab assistants in uh, the Lab Reference Center. And uh, the volume of testing that we were seeing in our little lab, there's about maybe 20 of us lab assistants that rotate through the core lab and LRC. And we would see um, all these new drive-through clinics popping up and uh, the other hospitals that we already service would increase their volume of all these microbiology swabs. And uh, it was, it, it was a lot, very overwhelming in the beginning because a lot of the volume would come in late at night, right? Where we have most of our staff during the day and a lot of people had to switch from days to afternoons or stay late and work well into the early morning, sometimes past midnight. And it, uh, it, uh, it's pretty um, amazing how uh, wonderfully our team worked together to try to result these patients as quickly as possible and as efficiently as we could. Great. Paula? Um, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I just want to say too that um, uh, Candy mentioned David downstairs in research. He's, uh, he's our hero and Candy is our molecular rock star. She even has it on her door. <laughs> um, in, the in the beginning when there was so many samples and people had to stay home and, and, and their life was just like on hold, ours had gone into hyperspeed. And it was a whole different feeling because they were so bored and we just, we would love to have like two weeks off and not mm. anything, but it was just total mayhem. And the other thing that, that people don't seem to understand is that when they talk about testing and, and how you were saying that, you know, we're kind of in the background and uh, it is true because I think a lot of the, the general public think that the doctors and nurses do the testing. They don't really think about the lab and uh, how involved we really are with it. And um, um, I had a thought, now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm overtired. Um, uh, I don't remember, I'm sorry. It's okay, we'll come back to it. If you remember, yeah. just jump in. Um, it's interesting, you know, um, Katrina talking about the technology because this is just kind of a, it sort of encompasses a little bit about the Auditor General report that came out not sure if you guys have read it, I don't expect you to have, but it's interesting because in there, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the Auditor General has for the last 15 years been recommending over and over and over for all healthcare systems to get integrated from a technology perspective across the province. <laughs> so it was interesting this year because when she put out the um, preparedness plan and the response that the government has had, she said, you know, there's still this disconnect between you know, systems across the province so that resulting can be a lot quicker. Oh, that would be great. Right. Yeah. right. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> but it speaks to, you know, the fact that we didn't have that, what could potentially the response to COVID look like if that existed, right? So, so the, you know, Katrina, the fact that, Katrina, the fact that you guys are like, you know, having to learn a new system and then, you know, 
putting information in that system and making it available so that it can somehow connects down to public health is, it just shows the ability for lab professionals to be so flexible, to be like, we got to do what we got to do. So let's get mm-hmm. there, right? Yes, absolutely. We spend a lot of time adapting because there's been an inadequate investment, um, both in the MLT part of the program and in the infrastructure associated with laboratories. I hear your pain, my friend. I hear your pain. It's something that we've been talking about, but okay. So we'll come back to that. So um, let's, since we're talking about some of the challenges, why don't we talk a little bit about the, when we talk human health resource shortages, we're talking about shortage of people. So you guys know there is a shortage of medical lab technologists across the province. Um, So are you noticing or did the shortages of people impact your ability to to fight covid and on the flip side you know i'm how was working together as a small team or as a smaller team actually been a good thing so first the question is did you notice the shortage of people and how and like what was the impact of that oh yeah (laughs) we noticed it um the impact is profound Uh, Mm -hmm. there just are not enough hours in a day if you're working 24 seven, you need a lot more people than you needed when you were just working straight days. Yep. So this is one, massive. Sorry. Go the ahead, one Paula. Thing, okay. The one good thing that um, with uh, MLAs and MLTs is that MLAs can do everything up except for reporting. And the predicament that we're in right now is, is there are no MLTs. So they've done a lot of skill mixing with us. And so we can help out as best as we can up to a certain point and then then the MLTs have to take over and so that's where we kind of sit now because um, we just don't have the bodies and some of our bodies are getting hurt and that and unable to come in as well so it's been a real struggle um, for us in that respect and also um, with the the um, machinery that we have everybody in the world wants the same thing so your supplies are slow coming so that that puts a little bit of a uh, the brakes on testing as well. Yep. Did you, anybody else want to add to that or? No? No, you don't want to get me going. <laughs> <laughs> go, Sandy, go. No. <laughs> Nothing. Um, okay, so like on the flip side, tell us a little bit about working together as a team to fight the pandemic, like what's been, what's been a positive that this pandemic has actually provided to you? Oh, these guys are the best, like seriously Mm. adaptable. Um, Katrina's not wrong when she says that things changed almost hourly um, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we're doing it this way now. And wait a minute, it's after lunch. So we'll do it a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, We all worked together, really, I think, to try and make it as smooth as possible. Did we not, Paula? Oh yeah, yeah. And we have a really good bunch here and, and we do really work as a team. And um, um, communication is huge. You really have to have communication, like really good communication um, to, to make everything run smoothly. And everybody really tries to, to get the point across and to uh, make sure that everybody knows all the new in- information in that. And a lot of emails, a lot of notes, a lot of mm-hmm. word to word, word to mouse, mouse to fear or whatever. <laughs> virtual huddles now. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, Okay, so 
why don't we, I'm just gonna actually, I have one more question. So I, I, one analogy I've been using when I've been talking to a whole bunch of different lab groups is that I almost feel like COVID-19 has been like this play and lab professionals have been in this play and they've actually been pushed to the front of the stage with a spotlight on them. Oh and you guys have been like kind of the stars of the show. It's no other way to describe it other than that way. So I just want to hear from each one of you. How does it feel to be recognized? Recognized as being the key element in a pandemic in our time. Like, how does it feel to finally be recognized? I don't feel like we have been recognized. Neither. By certain medical professionals, for sure, but not like I don't think people recognize what goes on and how how hard we work to to um, get results and stuff out for this pandemic. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, it's you know uh, MLPAO may be recognizing as my friends all know what I'm doing, but. I haven't seen any kind of major um, government sort of, wow, gee guys, thanks a whole bunch. All we ever see from them, all I ever see from them is we need you to up your capacity to X, Y, Z. Uh, sure, yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. That would be pretty valid. I mean, it's, uh, we've sent, in case you guys are interested, we've sent seven now registered letters into the government asking them to recognize, um, I, I shouldn't say that, Premier Ford did come out with a, a recorded message. I think it was in July or August, um, but I agree with you. There hasn't been very much recognition at the government level in regards to lab. And I have to tell you, I think it's a, it's a larger scale issue. I think that I don't know if you guys know this, but labs are only, the total hospital budgets of labs is only allocated like four to 8%. That's all that goes to the lab. Oh so yeah. It's a much larger systemic problem in regards to raising your awareness. And, um, you know, I think it's something that we have to collectively work at. You guys need to keep doing what you're doing, but I think the government needs to do a better job at recognizing that. But that's a whole other topic that we can talk for a whole other. <laughs> But didn't uh, Ford uh, come out after he got a lot of letters? It, it all started with that pandemic pay, I'm sure, which should have gone to people that work in the as PSWs in the long-term care, and it should have stayed there, and that's it, end of story. Yes. But we brought it out, and and I guess it was it was kind of offensive that he never included uh, or recognized the labs, and we we're the ones that do all the the testing for it, and mm -hmm. said so. I think that's how it all kind of started. Yeah, yeah, it did. I think there's a, you know, I, there's a, I mean, a politically good right way to say this, but I think there's a lot of opportunity at the government level to understand that there's a difference between private labs, public labs, and public health labs. And um, I think the people that have been surrounded, that are surrounding the government and providing that advice all have different expertise, but there's been no clarity that these are actually three different groups. And I think when he thinks everybody, he, he always refers to the public health lab group 
he doesn't understand that there's this whole extension of you know hospital labs and private labs that are out there and i think there's an opportunity for education there for sure mm-hmm. um i would agree yes and uh you know that's kind so who's of who's gonna educate him Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, but this call is about you guys. So um, just, I want to thank you guys. Is there anything you guys want to say in closing um, that you think should be mentioned that, you know, the rest of the world should know? Wash your hands, wear the mask, <laughs> stop <laughs> gathering in groups. Yes. Yeah. They don't understand. I don't think the general public understands the severity of this. They're, they're tired of it. They're fed up. They've been, mm-hmm. you know, locked down for so many months that they just don't seem to understand how really bad it is. And, and they really do need to, to stay home and wear their masks and, mm-hmm. you know, wash their hands and limit their visits and everything if we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. Great. And I don't think that they, of course, they can't see what we do in the lab day to day, but it is making our job so much more difficult when we are processing hundreds of thousands of swabs and everybody's exhausted because we're short staffed, because we are, have been fighting this for so long that we're, we're all so tired. <laughs> and it's very disheartening when every time you come around, the corner, there's, you started your whole shift and then you think, oh, I made a dent and you come around the corner and there's just as many swabs there as when you came in that morning. It's just, right. it never stops. Mm-hmm. I've, got a, I've got a lab professional who works down at public health and she was saying that she used to come into the lab in the summertime and she said, I'd walk in and it was just sea and sea of like bags and boxes. Yep. And she goes like, I would just come in every morning and it'd be like, oh my God, it looks like they didn't make any progress, but they did make, they made a ton of progress. It was just more stuff coming in. Yep. And the bag mm. bigger. They keep making bigger bags. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And they keep filling them. Um, okay, guys. Um, I just want you guys to know on behalf of us at the MLPAO, so on behalf of our board, on behalf of our members, we appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, Thank you. We can't even start to describe how much we appreciate the time and effort, how much you guys have given up in your homes with your family in order to kind of go into work and provide people in Ontario their results. And I have to tell you, it's something I say and try to say in every media interview, which is on the front and back end of every test as a person. So it's a person waiting for results, but it's a person that has left their house and their family and their home to go into a lab to give you those results. So I think until we connect that, I think we have opportunity, but we want to say thank you for everything you guys are doing and um, keep knocking it out of the park because we're pretty excited that you guys are so successful. So thank you for being here and for interviewing and providing your perspective and, and to each one of you, thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for saying. Now we have to get back to those thousands of swabs. <laughs> I know it's crazy. This has been The Dish. This episode was recorded, produced, and edited in our office overlooking Hamilton on the Niagara Escarpment. The Dish is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can reach us anytime at mlpao at mlpao.org. If you would like your lab to be featured in our next episode, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know. 
Through this pandemic and every day, we are making sure Ontarians see you. Hidden heroes overcoming immeasurable odds. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe.